guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellowship. My name's Kyle. We have a special guest with us today, Jesse golick Meineke. We're going to be talking about running backs, ADP, the sweet range of rounds four through nine. We're going to also look at the wide receiver dead zone kind of after round nine. So that's what's on slate today. Jesse, how are we doing on this lovely Thursday evening? We're doing great, man. It's hot and heavy here in the Midwest. And dude, Football is like in two weeks. Um, we're yeah. going to have some preseason games starting, I think, next Thursday night. We have um, oh, two Thursday nights, but we have that the Hall of Fame game, I think, in two Sundays. So it's all coming downhill really fast. We had some training camp news today. I'm going to hop into a screen share here. And we had uh, a scare. Joe Burrow uh, was finally diagnosed with a calf strain. So this is the best case scenario. It looked really bad. When it first happened, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but he was rolling to his right, ended up coming up limp and kind of had to just go down with what looked like a worst fear was an Achilles injury. Uh, but it sounds like a diagnosed strained calf and uh, who knows how long he'll be out. But I'm, I'm assuming we're not going to see him play any preseason games. This is probably a two to three week timetable and hopefully he's good to go for the regular season. Um, and then the other one was Jalen Ramsey needing knee surgery. It sounds like it's a meniscus could be sidelined six to eight weeks. So second day in the camp, man, I don't like seeing all these injury news. Uh, not only the injuries, but we have the running backs that are holding out on us uh, right now. So before we get into the ADP talk, I think uh, I want to talk about the running backs, man, like J.K. Dobbins, what's going on? Josh Jacobs, what's going on? All these guys are affecting the ADPs right now. Um and uh, yeah, just like, what are your, what are your initial thoughts on, uh, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, he costs right now, Pick number 29, he's probably actually – I've seen him dip a little bit later today, but we're not clicking on Josh Jacobs anytime soon, are we? No, probably not. I mean, he's probably in that range now. I mean, ADP-wise, probably looking at Gibbs, right, Harris, ETN. Um, so it's just like, do you grab a guy who's going to be on the field 100% or do you grab a guy who's maybe going to hold out a few games into potentially a Love Bell situation where he just doesn't play at all because Las Vegas doesn't want to pay him. Not like this isn't like New York with Saquon. They figured it got a deal done. This is uh, this is one of those situations that you don't know how it's going to shake out. Well, the Jacobs one feels a little bit more like he's going to hold out. Like he's willing to miss games for this. I don't know what J.K. Dobbins is doing because he Jacobs has earned a contract. I guess same with Jonathan Taylor too. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be fine, but. J.K. Dobbins doesn't have the resume that a Jacobs or a J.T. has, yet he mm -hmm. thinks he thinks he's going to be able to get a contract. And dude, his ADP um, was dropping into the 80s today in a couple drafts. I saw him drop really far into the eighth round. Jacobs fell to right in that right kind of Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, right in that round range 40. Uh, but then guess what? Brees Hall also dropping today because of the Dalvin Cook uh, going to visit with the Jets. And, and he kind of fell into that early fourth round range here, too. So I think if you're drafting right now, like we can't draft Jacobs, Brees. I don't know about Dobbins. I, I did click on him once in the 80s. I, are, are you still clicking on J.K. Dobbins or, or are we kind of on hold with him, too, there? I've kind of taken a pause on, on Dobbins. I actually do have a few uh, good old Gus Edwards shares stacking up on my best ball. So I'm happy to keep building that up right now. I mean, Harbaugh even doesn't know. You know, he said, you know, they asked about J.K. He said, oh, you got to ask him. Like, yeah, it's a complete mystery to them. And, I mean, he can't – the guy, you can't – he's not getting a big contract right now. I mean, 
I know, you know, you want to get yours, you want to protect yourself, protect your family, your future, but like, what has he shown on the field, you know? And it just makes me wonder, like something needs to change with the running back contracts. We, I, I would like to see them on a three-year rookie deal and they can get into the free agency faster. Uh, or you're going to start to see these running backs, I think, hold out before they get to that, you know, to the um, to the franchise tag situation. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah, Harris did point out that the, the Garrett Wilson ankle roll happened earlier today, too. Just a rough day, just second day of training camp for pretty much every team. And we got some big names. Uh, it sounds like it's an ankle sprain for Garrett Wilson. Hopefully it's not a, a severe one. Maybe he's just off a week of practice. Uh, but I guess navigating the third round of fantasy drafts, it makes Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry look better at that 2-3 turn. Jacobs off our board, Brees Hall off our board. Is Ram- Are we drafting Ramondre Stevenson? Because Leonard Fournette is also <laughs> yeah. you know, in the plan here. So this whole third round of running backs, to me, it's making Jameer Gibbs look really freaking good. Uh, and I, I clicked on Najee Harris a couple times in the in the third or fourth round. I also like ETN here. So, like, are you in on Ramondre or, or are you nervous about Fournette? What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, Ramondre all of a sudden looks a little bit better when you have these other guys around him that are just a little bit more uncertainty. I mean, the thing about Ramondre is if they get another piece like Lenny, I mean, are we concerned about Lenny mostly as a third down back? So he's going to lose catches and that kind of hurts his, you know, that really nice ceiling ceiling floor combo um but at the end of the day i don't think lenny scares me quite as much as like a delvin cook um just because i mean delvin cook is like you know, that guy was a monster i mean lenny yeah don't get me wrong he's had some great seasons as well um but uh you know Ramondre is a guy i will click you know i think the f- early fourth round is kind of a it's a tough spot to be in right now it's kind of the the tier break between the guys the studs that you trust and kind of that next tier with the Najee ATN. So Ramondi probably belongs in that grouping, and it's kind of almost like a pick your favorite. Um, maybe you get two of those guys if you start wide receiver heavy. Um, but I will. I'm not clicking him a lot. Definitely not overexposing myself to Ramondre. So when I first did my projections, Ramondre was, if you look at my running back, six or seven, and I was just all in on him. But then they keep talking about wanting to make him fresh the entire season. They're going to mix in Pierre Strong, maybe Kevin Harris. Ty Montgomery got hurt today, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but he just an annual tweet, evergreen, whatever. Um, but it's clear that they want to bring in somebody. And when I crunched the numbers to put Fournette at RB2 for this team, it, it dropped Ramondre at about RB18. So even if like we are concerned about Fournette being there, I don't think it tanks Ramondre's value where it's like an awful pick. Sure, he should probably be being drafted like by Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, ETN. Like he should be around later. Um, so I'm nervous about that. And and honestly, man, like the only third round running back I want right now is Jameer Gibbs in full PPR. Uh, otherwise, I think we just need to wait and see. Even if Brees Hall is healthy to start the year, and even if they they're probably gonna sign Dalvin Cook. I think it feels really, really good. So, like, where do you see Brees Hall falling to if if Dalvin Cook goes there tomorrow? Yeah, right. This is a uh, Delvin Cook is an Aaron Rodgers approved signing. I mean, that guy doesn't take pay cuts for for anybody. Um, so you have to think something's working there. I pr- probably pretty good odds that he's going to land there. And if that's the case, you're looking at, I mean, between them two, you're looking at maybe like a 60-40 split in Brees' favor. But that's not even 100 percent of the carries because you still got the mixing of Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight. Like you know, they're going to exchange a few here and there. But like, I mean, that just cuts into like a true RB one ceiling. So like. You almost have to look at him as like mid to low RB twos at this point. Um, Reese with a little bit more upside, but 
that's kind of where where it shakes out i think so i put i put my numbers in there and i just threw dalvin cook as the rb2 on the jets this morning just as like a little experiment it brought Brees hall down to rb26 and cook was around like rb36 38 something like that like i think we both agree that like dalvin cook's not he's not a stud anymore like he's he's gonna be a guy that is a compliment back probably and in Basically, for him to be startable, he's got to score a touchdown for your week. Otherwise, you're probably looking at like seven, eight points, whatever. Um, so that concerns me for sure. And I just I think these guys are just unclickable uh, at the moment right now, which is kind of the point of this video. We wanted to talk about league winning running backs rounds four through nine in that range here. And starting, I guess, after Junior Gibbs, we know we like Gibbs. Um, but Najee Harris has become more clickable to me in the fourth round because I just take receiver round three. You can get Najee. You've mentioned ETN's been a guy that you click a lot here. Uh, I guess just from Najee, ETN, Mixon, Jones, Walker, uh, are these guys all like running backs that you're clicking on right now that you think could be really big pieces to your fantasy championship run? Yeah, I think they're all strong running backs. I mean, they're all going in the teens, and now I think they all have RB. You know, top 12 upside, um, you know, as high as maybe top five, six. If a guy like ETN really fully breaks out, double digit touchdowns, maybe the passing game work increases a little bit. I know we've, you know, in college, he had that. Hasn't really shown in the NFL, but hey, you know what? Maybe they're like, all right, well, unleash this part of his game uh, going down the list. Najee Harris, I mean, he's just a guy who's going to get the work. I know Jalen Warren saw some targets increase in the second half, but Najee also got more efficient in the second half too. Um, so I think a change of pace is probably good there. And it's really, if it's just a one-two punch in today's NFL, there's a one-two punch everywhere. There's really not many true, you know, one, you know, one dimensional RBs. So, you know, I think Najee's a good day pick in an offense that's on its way up to in year two, all, the old line should be getting better. Um, so I just think the weapons are good all around too. So it's a good offense to invest in. Joel Mixon, maybe not the most efficient RB, a good offense. The touchdown upside's probably there. Um, maybe my least favorite of this group, just because, you know, I mean, if you, t if you look at last year and you take away his like absolutely yeah. insane best running back, you know, game of the season, he wasn't that great of a running back. Um, he's fine. Uh, you know, he's going to give you those RB two numbers, but he's not, he just doesn't have that up the upside week to week that, that you want. Here are his numbers. That's the 55 point game you're, you mentioned here, but otherwise it's like, just a bunch of low teens. He'll, he'll, he's a good game from him, 17 to 18 points. Um, but he's, he's just a high floor, not really a big ceiling play. Um, so we'll see about that. And then uh, it's not, it's not too different from Najee Harris. Really. If you look at. And then um, Aaron, I know Aaron Jones, we talked about Aaron Jones in the other podcast, but you said he's one of your favorite picks. Like if you wait, for running back and you want to click on Aaron Jones to be RB one in the fifth round, I think that can work. Um, maybe I don't really know if I like Kenneth Walker as a running back one, just because he doesn't have the PPR upside, but definitely not. I can see it with Najee, ETN, maybe Mixon and, and Jones. Like these guys can all be top 12 running backs. Uh, but Walker, like if you want to grab him as your RB two, I think that's where he slots in really well. And then are you in on Alexander Madison? I just, I don't know if I can buy it. Uh, he, he gives me kind of, uh, you know, not quite as not quite Mike Davis vibes because Mike Davis just wasn't an athlete. Madison is an athlete. We know that. Um, but he's, he just doesn't seem like he is the guy who's going to go in and just own this backfield. There's going to be some other guys mixed in and it's going to be really hard for him to hit, you know, 
the, the weekly games that you need to, to get drafted as RB18. Um, so not a guy I click a ton, but... Um, uh, so, I mean, fifth round running backs, that's ADP of like 49 to 60. There's Aaron Jones, Walker, Madison. That's how we would rank them, I believe, uh, in a full PPR format. Um, yeah, I, I like getting Jones. I like getting Walker. I have not been getting a lot of Madison in best ball drafts because we were able to get him rounds later. And I think at this point it's kind of used up and I don't trust him to, to be the guy all year long. I think it's going to be a platoon at some point. Uh, but this sixth round in seventh round range is probably like my favorite spot to grab a running back to Dobbins. We got to figure out what's going on with him. Uh, but I'm somewhat interested in acres Sanders Pierce. You got to maybe sell me on swift, but let's just, let's just pound out. We've already kind of talked about Dobbins. We're on a wait and see approach with him, but uh, where are you at with acres Sanders and Damian Pierce who are all mid sixth round picks right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in on all three, and I've been kind of trying to vary my exposure to, the, to all three. With uh, Acres being the guy that I'm clicking the most, I just think he's he's finally removed from his injury. Um, last year, he got up to speed, saw some good things down the stretch, fresh, healthy, full off season, and no competition. Um, this guy, this is a guy who's going to be kind of like Josh Jacobs last year. I'm not saying he's going to obviously be the Josh Jacobs, but he's coming into the situation. The back heel is his. Um, he can catch the ball. We know he's a good runner. His college production shows that um, behind a terrible Florida State offensive line, the guy is, is very fun to watch. And I think he's just, he's going to come in. He's going to be a security blanket for Stafford. He's going to get catches. Um, I don't know how much the touch, you know, how much touchdown upside there is, but I mean, Cooper yeah. Cup's on the field. He's going to be moving the chain. So there's going to be plays to be had, touchdowns to be had in that offense. Um, really bad defense. So they're going to need to score points if they want to win games. And he's going to be on the field a ton. Um, so he's my favorite of the three. And then, I mean, if you want to touch on Miles Sanders or Damian Pierce, who do you like of that, that group? I'm not super excited about Sanders. He feels like hit, hitting a single at RB2. They're saying all the right things, though, in Carolina. Like, they're saying that they want to throw him the ball. He's every down back. It's 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 a young, exciting offense. Um, I don't know how good it's going to be, but they have a decent offensive line, I think, in the PFF ranks. Defense should be fine. And I think one of the best things going for them is they play in the NFC South. Like the, the Saints are tough games, but I'm not really scared about Tampa Bay or Atlanta's defense. <clears throat> so I'm fine with Sanders. He's not a guy I'm like aggressively targeting. And I don't think he's got like league winning upside or anything like that. Uh, Cause I, I do think they like Chuba Hubbard um, every now and then. So to me, I like him. Don't love him. I think I would rather draft Damian Pierce over Miles Sanders. And those two profile very similarly, uh, both rookie quarterbacks, both new coaching regime, like everything is the same for them down the way you look at it. Uh, and Pierce coming off of his injury last year, it sounds like he's healthy. It sounds like he wants to be more involved as a receiver. I'm kind of buying the hype there. Late sixth round pick. I kind of like it. And sometimes he dips into the seventh, which looks really, really good. Um, and then the one thing on Cam Akers that I, I want to just throw out when he was balling at the end of the season, those last four or five games or whatever it was, no Matthew Stafford, no Cooper Cup. It was Baker Mayfield and, and a shit team, and he was playing really, really well. So now you're adding back Stafford, you're adding back Cooper Cup. That's going to make defenses think about that whole you know thing. So Akers is, Akers is a good pick right now in the sixth round. Uh, and then the I guess let's look into the seventh round because that is picks – about 72 to 84, top of the board, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, Rashad White, David Montgomery. These guys are all seventh rounders right now. Which one is your favorite to pick? 
yeah, another interesting group. I think there's, you know, a little bit more ambiguity here in the backfield. But, you know, besides John, James Conner and Rashad White, I think those are two guys who right now, if you look at the backfields, it's their backfield. Um, Tampa, we have some concern, like, are they going to bring somebody in? Um, it, it probably makes sense that they do, but they do also like some of their young guys, right? You mentioned earlier today, Sean, uh, Sean Tucker is back there. Like, they like some of these young guys, and I think it's like, why are we investing in a running back? on this team right now probably not necessary so they're gonna let these young guys i think go out there and compete on um, james connor i mean i don't know if you saw his little blurb the other day his little tweets like oh you know i'm not being drafted high enough uh, you want you want me in fantasy so it's like you always want to see a guy like back himself right so you'd love to see that um, but arizona as a whole right now we're just not sure it's just kind of a dumpster fire um but i mean he's the guy so like maybe he just gets enough work now i think my favorite um, it's probably Rashad White in this group. I think just think he, you know, give him a full season, let him be the guy, um, let him go out there, be the PPR back, catching passes um, from Baker. And uh, David Montgomery, I know you love David, so I'll, I'll save him for you. But uh, also a guy that we, we think has a lot of potential in that, in that Detroit offense. Where are you at on DeAndre Swift? He's a hard click for me. Yeah. It's, in I, this seventh round. I, like the one, it's like, I think I have one share of DeAndre Swift in all my best ball drafts. So, how how do how can how can you defend him being a seventh round pick? I guess that's it's a tough, really tough pick for me. Sure, sure. I mean, I, you know, history, in fantasy football terms, history is like what a month month long history, right? But if you look at DeAndre Swift a couple of years ago, he was the number two, number three running back overall in dynasty terms. Um, so the value was really high, and that wasn't for no reason. Like he he showed that he can be an electric running back. The thing is, he just can't stay on the field. And also last year, Detroit, just – we don't know the story. Maybe we'll never know the story, but they they did not use him like they probably should have used him. And he just didn't get the work. But he probably could – you know, I mean, his numbers could be looking a lot better. We could be like, oh, my God, this is a top five running back in the Philly offense. Talent-wise, it's there. But then you also see they got Rashad Penny. I mean, they kind of just, like, signed a bunch of guys. You know, Trey Sermon's lurking back there. So it's like – Talent-wise, Philly, I mean, it's a great spot to be in. It's a smash spot. We just don't trust the injuries at this point of his career. So 2021, these game logs look pretty good. 11K, like, so for Swift, for him to hit his value, we know they're not going to throw the ball to the running backs a lot, and that's his bread and butter. For Swift to pay off at ADP, you need him to get these types of volume uh, at least. You know, these this 11, 12, these 13s. That's what you want from him as like a base rushing floor to at least get you those extra four to six points from the rushing game. Uh, he also had one, two, three, four, five rushing touchdowns, which is what Sanders fueled to his like top, you know, I think he was RB 15 last year. So there are rushing touchdowns in this offense. We don't know if it's Penny, Swift, Gainwell, Boston Scott. We don't know who the, the goal line back is, uh, but you're, you're just not going to see this volume as a receiver. I think, you're, you're going to be lucky to see five targets in a game for DeAndre Swift, right? Yeah. Um, and or just taking off. I mean, 10 targets in a game, you're just never getting that. And so for him to be 13 and a half points per game last year in a full PPR, I just, I don't see how he's going to get there in an offense that, I mean, he had 70 targets all by himself last year. Do you know how many times the Eagles running backs had targets? Like they had 61 targets as, yeah, a, as a team. That's like, so I, he's going to be lucky to hit 40, 40, 45 targets, I think. Uh, but in that scenario, maybe he's just a really efficient guy that stays healthier than Rashad Penny. 
So it, it's a gamble. I get it. But I mean, the players that we were just talking about, like, I think I'd rather take Connor who, yeah, the Cardinals are going to suck, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a solid, he's going to be a volume play, which we like. You mentioned Rashad white being a volume play. He's going to catch passes. Like if, if you put Deandre Swift in Tampa Bay, man, like we're like, we're, we're liking that. Um, and then my, my, I think my summer crush is David Montgomery because the dude, you leave Chicago and all of a sudden you're a big fan. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's much brighter over there. And the thing with Chicago is they're going to play running back roulette. Like that's mm-hmm. what they've been kind of doing the last few seasons. Um, I've always been interested in Montgomery, but I've always been skeptical of how they use their, their players and their, their offensive lines always been kind of uh, a bottom ranked unit. Uh, but you're going to put him on the Lions, a team that's <laughs> a team that uh, a team that scores a ton of fantasy points, a team that's going to probably be in the red zone a lot. Jamal Williams, he did have 17 rushing touchdowns this year. I'm going to be, I'm going to say, I'll be happy if 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 Montgomery can hit 10. Like that's my kind of goal. Almost every other game, he gets you a touchdown. But otherwise, he's going to get 10 to 15 carries per game. He's going to get a, a couple passes in the in the game uh, each week here. So he feels severely mispriced to me and he could he could be a league winner um if everything breaks right um so i I like him a lot in the seventh round eighth round running backs interesting group javante williams isaiah pacheco james cook alvin Kamara, antonio gibson dalvin cook these guys are all being drafted in eighth round right now if you had to click just one jesse who are you clicking yeah, it's probably not popular, but I think it's James Cook right now, and I think just things are trending his way. They did not bring Devin Singletary back. They brought in Damian Harris, who I think is, you know, can do similar things to Devin, but maybe slightly worse. Um, and year two in this offense, I think it's just a really exciting time. They need somebody to step up as a pass catcher, and beside Diggs, besides Diggs, and uh, I think he could be that guy in the short, intermediate. You know, I mean, I know. Dalton Kincaid's there now. They're excited about him. Gabe Davis is, you know, going to his, what, third, fourth year. And we've kind of seen what he is at this point of his career. And I think James Cook could just kind of be that that X factor, that that second guy that kind of unlocks Josh Allen a little bit, gets his passing numbers up there. Um, it's just an, it's an exciting offense, right? Like, you want pieces at this point of the draft. You want the guys who are going to be on the field on good offenses. And that's, and that's where James Cook falls. Are you comfortable with, like, leaving him in as your RB2? For, just say every every game the whole season you're just going to leave Cook in there as your RB two. He's going to catch three or four passes per game. He's going to get ten to twelve carries per game. Maybe hit sixty all-purpose yards and a couple catches. It seems like he's got a high floor, and mm-hmm. everyone's going to be like, "But the goal line, the goal line role." I really don't care about the Buffalo goal line role. Like I, I don't. Um, sure, Josh they, Allen's. <laughs> they could give it to Damian Harris. That's going to be four touchdowns for Damian Harris. Uh, James Cook, what you want with him is you want him to get those 15-yard touchdowns. You want him to, to be your big play threat, and that's what he excelled at last year. I think he led the league in big plays or maybe big play rate or something like that, longer runs of like 15 or 20 yards. Um, but in a full PPR league, I think you want James Cook. Um, I'm having a tough – like Javante Williams was was a good pick when he was in the ninth round, but now we're pushing him up here at the turn of the seventh, eighth round. I'm not really into it. I just, I need to slap myself or pinch myself sometimes because I always say, I don't want to pick a player coming back off of a major knee injury, but here we are 
like moving. I, yeah. I did an ADP riser show and Javante Williams is at the top of all three DraftKings underdog and drafters. He's moving up boards. Do we want to get sucked into this hype or is, is it a smart Samaje P Ryan pivot pick right now? It's because Samaje P Ryan's falling. Javante's going mm-hmm. up. How do you play that, that Denver backfield? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Even today, I was like, oh, Javante, maybe I'll click him. And I just remind myself, like, running backs coming off these types of serious injuries, we just see it time and time again. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, all these guys, they just do not have 100% of the burst and acceleration that you need. And as a running back, if you're not hitting that hole 0.2, 0.3 seconds faster, you're just getting you're getting caved in on. So. I'm out on Javante. I've decided I'm just not going to click him right now, especially like he's basically RB2 territory right now. And for me, that's kind of like the best case scenario. Um, Samaj P. Ryan, on the other hand, last year looked pretty good. I was honestly surprised that Cincinnati let him walk. Yeah. And Denver, I mean, they saw an opportunity and they were like, yep, that's a guy. I mean, that's a guy who can come in and just, they can take their time with Javante because Samaj can be that guy. He can be that featured guy. So um, RB34, I'm, I'm clicking that a lot these days. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, well, between these two running backs, it's kind of like DeAndre and Penny. Like, why am I taking Swift when I could just take Penny two rounds later? Yep. And I, I was clicking Javante a decent amount when he was around pick 100. But if their ADPs are going to go opposite directions right now, I'm going to continue to to ride Samaj P. Ryan as he falls down. Uh, and I, I feel like I got enough Javante exposure right now. So I'm fine with that. And who, like, sure, Javante could be a league winning back in December. Like he could be, but I, I think we need to trust what we've seen in the last forever of running backs or any players coming back from like Chris Godwin last year was like, he was like the exception of coming back from a major knee injury and playing well. The odds are not in our favor here. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is a tough click for me. He's not going to catch a lot of passes. He, he probably will be a, a pretty productive player. Um but I just I don't see him like with league winning upside. He doesn't have the passing down role. So to me, he's kind of like it's like hitting a single. I want him to get 12 carries for 62 yards and maybe a target or two. Uh, but he's got a low floor of like that six to eight points per game. Are, are you in on Pacheco at all? I, I just haven't been clicking him. No, I just there's just other names here I'd rather take. Uh, I mean, it's full PPR. I, I value pass catchers. So that's why James Cook pop, pops off. Alvin Kamara, man, I keep coming back to him. And if I miss on James Cook, Kamara's usually sitting there. And I'm starting to like tell myself he looks kind of good. Because if he misses that first month, I'll just draft Jamal Williams three rounds later and just have a seamless transition at my RB2 spot. Like, grab your Tony Pollard in the second round. You can wait for Kamara. And then you could you could even you know Samaj P Ryan fits the Kamara mold because we know they're going to take it easy with Javante Williams. So it's really easy to just say yes, I want Kamara on my team when he's back. But otherwise, I can plug in some junk at running back too. Whether it's P Ryan, even Brian Robinson for four games is fine. Um, otherwise, like Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, there's some guys down here that I think fit with uh, a Kamara build. So I like him a little bit. Gibson. Um, I'm in on Antonio Gibson. He's one of my favorite clicks. Actually, I really like this group of running backs uh, from Cook to Gibson to Kamara. Uh, are, are you in on the Gibson in full PPR? I haven't been clicking the Gibson a lot. Um, my biggest concern is Sam Howell 
coming in as the full-time starter for the first year? How's he going to disperse the ball? Is there going to be enough for Antonio Gibson to get to get his share? I mean, I know he even gets the carry, so he's it's just the Washington in general kind of misuse Antonio. I love the talent. I mean, you know, I've I've loved Antonio Gibson the talent for a long time. Um, they just keep seeming to bring other guys in. You know, Brian Robinson they bring in, they like him. Um, they just there's always somebody else to bring in where he, Antonio just never he never gets the work that he needs to really kind of be a hit. Um, so Gibson was RB twenty eight last season. And right now he's being drafted as RB31. So in my head, that already feels like a, a small W. Um, and the thing that really sticks out is last year he had 58 targets. Do you know how many JD, uh, yeah, JD McKissick? Do you know how many JD McKissick had last year? No, probably it's probably somewhere near that number. It was 40. So between the two, there was 98 targets to just those two running backs. We can't say he's going to get all those targets. And Eric Bienemy's there. The Chiefs have always been well throwing to the running backs. So I'm excited about that. And then if you give Gibson the 58 base that he had last year and tack on another 20, 30, like he's going to be a top five targeted back in the league. And we know he's, we know he's good, right? Like we're not concerned about talent there. He's electric, man. We're concerned about him just getting enough base work, I think on first and second down, but it's very clear. He's the passing down back. JD McKissick's been a thorn in our side for a few seasons. Um, Gibson can do it. And hey, if anything happens to Brian Robinson, league winning upside right here uh, with Gibson. So you have that built into it. And he's just, he's a high floor running back, two flex. You can pull him up there on a bye week. You can pull him up there if there's another injury. I don't think the commanders are going to be winning a lot of games this year, maybe seven, eight range. So he should be heavily used at the end of games, end of, end of the first half, things like that. So I'm, I'm in on Gibson just because I think last year was his floor. The floor is in, he averaged 11.1 PPR points per game. Brian Robinson's not a pass catcher. They have rookie Chris Rodriguez there. There's not, there's not much. Yeah. And then uh, did, did we want to talk about Dalvin cook or we, can we just say, please don't take Dalvin cook this year, even if he's the Jets. I mean, you said it RB 38 with your numbers, and I think that's probably reasonable. So just yeah. not a lot of upside. You know what's funny? Like, if he signs with the Jets tomorrow or whenever it is, his ADP is going up. It's going, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he's going to be up here with Javante and Pacheco. If, if, like RB2 territory, which is yeah. insane. Um, and one, which, thing about, one thing about Washington you mentioned with uh, yeah. Antonio Gibson. So the enemy coming in as the offensive coordinator – he's got to get to know these guys. You yeah. know I mean, I think it's going to be really important to listen to what he says about these players. Um, and Antonio, like, I mean, I gush over him all the time. Like the talent's there. So I mean, the enemy could just be very excited to what, in what he sees in Antonio. We know he's creative. We know he's got that Andy Reed route. Um, I mean, he could find some really fun ways to use Antonio Gibson in this offense. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that they, they finally realize that like, he's a core piece of their offense and they need to make sure that if the offense is struggling, let's get Gibson involved. You know, like let's not forget about this really good player that I think everybody was excited about two years ago. I mean, his, I mean, his fantasy points per game in his three career seasons, 14.7, 14 14.7, 11.1. Yeah. He's, he's good. That's an RB. If you go zero RB, I mean, that's what you want in your RB two spot right there. Like, yeah. Um, and, and maybe I think, I think if he can get, I think he can get more base work this year in the carries. He's not getting 11 touchdowns. He's probably not even getting seven, 
but if he can be between, you know, three and five, that's fine as a rusher. And then hopefully he's getting, you know, at least that two to three, he's going to be somewhere in between 11 and 14 points per game. And my RB two, just, I'll just leave him in there. And, and sure. I'm going to get like a 20 point game one week and a seven point game the next week, but he's going to help my team uh, at some point here. So those are all the, uh, I guess we're entering the ninth round running backs here. AJ Dillon, Samaji Piran, who we touched on, Zach Charbonnet, and then there's a gap here. So I guess we already covered the top two. AJ Dillon's kind of a tough click for me. I like Samaji Piran, and then I, I really like Zach Charbonnet. Uh, any, any thoughts here on Dillon, Piran, or Charbonnet? Yeah, no, I haven't heard you talk much about AJ Dillon this year. I think we've all kind of just decided and accepted that like the talent's probably just not there. Um, but there's work to be had there. And when it comes to the second half of the year, you want a big bruiser of a guy just like bulldozing defenses. And he's kind of that, it's kind of what you want there. I mean, yeah, like RB 27 last year is like, it, it's not terrible. I think you just have to understand that like ceiling wise, you're probably not getting more than a, a back end RB two, but at RB 33, like that's like another zero RB guy who you can, just trust to get enough points to get you by. Um, as far as some of my favorite guys in this range, I've, I've been clicking P Ryan a lot just because I think in the beginning of the year, he's going to get you those points. He's going to be a really fun pick. And if it's a redraft league, maybe you can try and trade him. Maybe just hold on to him. Or you can kind of pair him with a rookie like a, a Shane or a Car- Char- Carbonet who like might just pop off in the second half. And you have Samadji to kind of get you to that point. So I, I do like clicking him. Um, I, I always like clicking rookies late, rookie running backs late. Um, and so, like Dylan, P. Ryan, and Charbonnet, I just, I just want them on my bench. Like, I, I don't think they're gonna have like amazing upside week one. But if you're patient, I don't want to even mention the word for Aaron Jones. But if AJ Dylan became the starter, we're ranking him as a top ten running back that week. So he's got that built into his ceiling. Um, and then the other thing too, again, like. He, fr- he was frustrating last year, but he found a way to be a like RB27, um, which to me, it seems like a little bit of a value here. Um, he's going to probably lead them in rushing touchdowns. He's going to, he, he gets a decent amount of work as a receiver. He's not a sexy pick, but he could be a really nice pick and just put him on your bench. See what happens. I, I think you can put Samaj P run in your RB2 spot to start the year and then see what happens. And then Charbonnet, I, just, I think you just want him on your bench and see what happens because it sounds like he was getting reps with the ones the last two days in practices. It sounds like they want to use him as a receiver because I think I don't think Kenneth Walker has the the skill set to be a receiving weapon. He can be fine, but I think they'd rather use Charbonnet there. So I could see Charbonnet getting two, three targets per game out of the backfield, maybe getting eight to ten carries. You know, he's just a a, a guy that you know we can whip out there on a flex or a bye week whatever, and if anything happens, kind of like how A.J. Dillon could benefit, if anything happens to the starter, Charbonnet is probably going to be the three-down guy. So all these guys are, are nice clicks, and especially because, like, who else are you going to click in that range, you know? Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the receivers here in a second, but let's finish up with the running backs real quick, and I'm just going to let you – any names pop off the screen here? Uh, you got Rashad Penny, Harris, Brian Robinson, Devon Chain, Khalil Herbert, McKinnon. Elijah Mitchell, I, I've already talked about. I like Jamal Williams, uh, Jalen Warren. We we like him. Uh, Tank Bigsby. Anybody here that you want to make sure you just get on your bench this season? Yeah, I mean, this is the spot where I'm always, like I said earlier, I'm grabbing rookies here. So the two 
that I like the most. Tank Bigsby is one I've been clicking for a long time. Um, I just think he's he's a guy that he's going to see the field. They like him. They like the talent. They're really excited to draft him. Anything happens to ETN, which we know he can kind of get dinged up here and there. Tank is the guy who's going to come in and, and be in a great offense. Touchdown upside is great. And then A-Shane's been a guy who's growing on me, um, especially with Cook not, not coming to town, likely. Um, we have Raheem Mostert. We have Jeff Wilson ahead of him right now. And Jeff all, Wilson. All of all three of them were moving today. On on the like, as soon as the Dalvin Cook stuff came up, I was in drafts this morning. It was tough to get them. Like I I struggled because everyone was reaching about a full round on them. So I think it's a it's a it's a really good move right now to be investing in the rookie A chain, and then Mostert and Jeff Wilson, as you said. But go on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, A chain. I mean, it's a guy they like, and it's a guy. I mean, Mostert. We love Mostert. He's one of the fastest guys in the league, but is he how many games is he going to play before he tweaks his hammy? And then you got A-Chain all of a sudden an RB, RB2 in that offense. Um, and maybe they, you know, a little bit more explosive than Jeff Wilson probably. So maybe Jeff becomes the goal line guy. And then you got A-Chain running at a really high-paced, fun Miami offense. So good upside there. Um, for me, I I click Penny when, I, when I'm kind of like in a zero RB build. Or to be honest, Penny also fits – like he, he fits a Javante Williams or a Camara build because I know he's going to be healthy to start the year. Don't know how long he's going to last, but I think there's some juice to be squeezed there from Penny early in the season. So I like that pick. I'm kind of out on Damian Harris just because I like, I like James Cook so much. I don't think I should be in on both guys. Uh, Harris could be a nice pick, but uh, I just think I prefer James Cook in full PPR leagues. Brian Robinson. He's just a grinder, man. Like he's gonna run for a thousand yards. It's not gonna be pretty. He's gonna get you eight to nine, fa- you know, fancy points per game. He's fine. Uh, but I like stashing a chain. I like putting Khalil Herbert on my bench. But again, I, I think he's a tough start week one. I kind of want to see how that running backfield un- unfolds. And I did see today. I, I tweeted it out. Herbert was getting the reps with the ones first. Rashawn Johnson ahead of Deonta Foreman. So keep an eye on that. I think Rashawn Johnson's their third down back, even though they're probably not going to throw to the back a lot. Jarek McKinnon's a hard click for me, man. I think he was just—he just—it was a lightning in a bottle last year. Uh, I, I think starting him every week in a redraft league, no, thank you. <laughs> Best yeah. ball score. If I draft Mahomes or Kelsey and I want to build some Chiefs things, that's fine. Uh, I, I do like Elijah Mitchell as just like a bench stash, but again, I think Jamal Williams can be your RB two week one. Jalen Warren's a nice bench stash. Uh, do you find yourself drafting ETN and Bigsby on the same squads? Uh, I mean, I'll do it, but uh, typically I don't. I mean, I don't love taking multiple running backs from the same team, but I mean, I'll do it because I think they're both going to see the field, and if you know you get one a week, probably is going to be at least getting you double digits. Um, I, I do like snagging Tyler Algier because I think the Falcons are just going to run the shit out of the ball, and that could be eight to ten carries a game. Uh, it, there's, there could be something there for some pop-off weeks in best ball. I'm not in it on Singletary just because I like Damien Pierce. Uh, I, I do like Kenneth Gainwell because he's the cheapest eagle. And then Marvin Moms in the chat, man. Kendra Miller. I, th- I think he's still worth tucking on the bench because week one, when Alvin Kamara is not there, and by the way, Kendra Miller's off the pup list. He's practicing. You know, he's, he's in there. So he was on, like, look, at he, he dropped 7.7 spots in the last week. He was on all the faller lists on the on the best ball sites when I did the video today, but he's practicing. What if what if he just looks really good week one? Like he's gonna have more juice than Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams is gonna be a plotter. 
Kendra Miller could be the guy that pops week one and all of a sudden they have to, they have to start giving him the ball more. I don't know. Uh, but I, I like putting him on my bench. Don't know if we're going to start him. We're going to start Jamal Williams, but uh, he's an interesting player. And then uh, any, anything else you want to, you know, we kind of hit on Raheem. I like late snags on Tajay. Some of these veteran backs, like these guys are all going to sign somewhere. Uh, but any final names here at running back before we move to wide receiver? Uh, I mean, Jerome Ford, Ford is a guy I'm kind of interested in just in the that fact that Cleveland didn't really bring anybody else in. Doesn't look like they're going to re-sign Hunt. So, you know, I mean, Chubb's got to get a break every once in a while. So Ford might be an interesting click. And then Deonta Foreman in Chicago. I, I mean, I kind of think he's the best running back there right now. So. Yeah. Uh, cool. We'll move on to, I just want to shout out one, one couple names here. Zamir White's one of my favorite best ball picks late right now, just because we're nervous about Josh Jacobs. Hopefully cream hunt signs somewhere. And uh, yeah, let's move on to the wide receiver dead zone. Um, it's no question that like wide receivers are going higher and earlier than they've ever have before. Um, but I just want to talk about some of the guys. Cause like we just ran through all the running backs from about rounds four through all the way. And we, we liked a lot of those names in the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th round. But sometimes you get stuck. You know, sometimes you get sucked into that wide, that running back vortex where you're like, oh, shit, I drafted three in the top 100 and I need some I need some stanky receivers. And to me, where do you think the dead zone kind of starts? I think right now it's after Zay Flowers. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. All right. So from Bateman on down, you have. Bateman, who's on the PUP list with his, his Liz Frank. You have Cortland Sutton, who people either love or hate him. Uh, Michael Thomas is is an enigma at this point. Sky Moore, screaming up draft boards right now. He's a top 100 pick, but Beckham, Williams, Lazar, Dobbs, Collins, Tyler Boyd, Jacoby Myers, Zay Jones. I think part of like a, a, a even for best ball and redraft, you need to take a stance on somebody from this list and say, this guy has a chance to be a top 30, 36 wide receiver. If you're, if you're running back heavy and you need to grab a guy as your number four, number five, which receiver or two are your favorite clicks in this ugly range? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, just put in perspective this year with the wide receiver craze, we have essentially wide receiver fifties at one Oh five. I mean, we're talking basically half of the first 100 picks are receivers. So, you got to get at least a couple. But if you're at that point where you're like, I've only got Devontae Adams as my wide receiver. I took too many running backs and a tight end. You know, a couple of these guys that are, are somewhat interesting. Um, Cortland Sutton's a guy who, you know, he had, he had some good years in Denver. Russell can't be worse than last year. He just, it's just not, it's not going to happen. He's not going to do that again. Um, he's putting the work in. And so, he, I mean, he's the clear cut wide receiver two in that offense. You know, he's probably going to get, he's getting over a hundred targets. I mean, I think the touchdowns are probably going to go up, you know, yeah. just in general, I think Denver offense as a whole is just going to take a, a step forward. I mean, especially if you buy in anything Sean Payton said today. Um, so that's a guy that I'm willing to click there. And then, I mean, when you looked on this list, I know Nico is like streaming up draft boards just because he's the, probably the wider, is he the last wide receiver one that you can get in drafts? Uh, That's that's choose your favorite Carolina Panther. That's yeah, yeah. There you go. It's Nico. Yeah. <laughs> so Nico's a guy. I mean, he's he's a uber talented guy, and you know, that's going to come down to like CJ Stroud as a rookie. Like, who's he most comfortable with? And uh, if it is Nico, then that's going to look really good. The other guy that I'm I'll click in this point at this point of the draft is uh, Jacoby Myers. 
Um, he's just been of value his entire career. Wide receiver 56. You can guarantee he's going to be better than wide receiver 56. So. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about Jacoby as well. Uh, so the issue for me with – so I, I'm i kind of out on Bateman. I, I'm still hopeful, but we need to see something from him before I, I start clicking him again. To take Cortland Sutton means I'm passing on those running backs we talked about, whether it's James Cook or Alvin Kamara. Sometimes there's a QB that I like in that range. Um, so for me, that's still kind of a running back round, uh, especially if I need running backs. I'm, t- I'm taking James Cook. I'm taking – and so, to be honest, like the ADP of 91.5, he's probably like more true towards like 96, right? He, he kind of falls the end of the eighth round and you're like, ah. I guess I got to take Sutton. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, Michael Thomas, dude, Nick Underhill is whispering that, like, Thomas is back. Um, so he he has been pretty excited about him. I think if I had to click between Bateman, Sutton, and Thomas, I might click Michael Thomas right now. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I've been clicking Sky more since the 120s, and I think I have to cool off at this point. but it looks really good for him to be their starting slot receiver. And, and to be honest, I don't think Canarius Tony was ever a threat for Sky Moore. Uh, because if you think about that offense, yeah, it's Travis Kelsey at the tight end. It's MVS, who is probably a really good best ball pick right now. He's on the outside. Uh, and then they, and then they're going to use Sky Moore in the slot. And then they have room for one more wide receiver, which is usually like a joker role for them. It's been Miko Hardman in the past. This year it was going to be Canarius Tony. Uh, now with Tony gone, insert Richie James. Um, so I think there's room for Sky Moore to be a 60 to 70 catch player. We just need to see it. It, it, it requires a leap of faith. But if if you need a wide receiver, man, he's attached to Mahomes. It's it's. I, mean, I don't I don't get why people were clicking on Kadarius Tony in the sixth and seventh round, uh, and 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 now we can get Sky Moore a couple rounds later. So I, I like that. Beckham's a tough click. Jamison Williams. I don't got good vibes for Jamison Williams. Like, where are you at on him? I, I cool off. I was clicking him a little bit just because I, you know, and like I feel like he's he's not a guy you want to be clicking if you need a receiver. Yeah. So he's a guy you want to be clicking if you have some strong receivers, and then you're like, hey, let's just stash Jamison Williams. You don't want to be starting Jamison. You don't want to be thinking about him in your lineup. Obviously, he's out for a few games, but like. Hey, I'm mostly out on him right now. I've been clicking as much. Just, I feel like my exposure is pretty high on him. So I'm kind of cool on him. Denzel Mims came over there. Like, why are they trading for receivers right now? Um, he also, uh, Williams got hurt. He's missing practice right now. So I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, but Harris in the chat, he's, he says Lazard is one that sticks out. And I'll be honest, I have not been clicking Lazard a lot this summer, but just because I do so many best ball drops, I understand like I probably need to get my exposures up on him. So I've been clicking him the last few days. And to be honest, Lazard gets a lot of flack, man, but he still was wide receiver 30 last year for Aaron Rodgers. Like there's a, there's an outcome where, yeah, he's a top 36, top 40 wide receiver. His ADP is wide receiver 52. He's not going to be a smashing hit, but he might be a guy that's fine. Like as your wide receiver three flex, like he's got a chance at like five, six targets per game. And in, of course, the red zone presence and things like that and all the chemistry built in. I, I don't hate Lazard here, um, but for me, like Nico Collins sticks out and, and he's been making plays. There's been a steady drumbeat that he is CJ Stroud's favorite target. 
and they play the what a- you want to hear they play the afc south you know six game like it, it's yeah. it, it's a really good click um and i think he's going to continue to move up draft boards if i scroll a little bit down jacoby myers is a fantastic pick i, I think he's got 70 catch potential this year even if i don't care who the quarterback is he played with mac jones last year and he was a good fantasy asset so uh, i think myers is a sharp pick haven't been clicking a lot of zay jones i think he tumbles with calvin ridley being there uh but otherwise i'm kind of backing on rondell moore don't know what to do with juju mooney i'm out on gallup is fine uh on your bench don't know if i want gallup and redraft best ball yes same thing with Osborne, Rasheed Rice. You want to put on your bench. Uh, what's sticking out from this group on from Collins all the way down to Thielen? Yeah, I think the one here that I definitely like to click the most is Michael Gallup, and he is two years now removed from his ACL. Yep. So we talked about this earlier. Last year, you just had to almost you had to almost throw it out. He, he wasn't. He was. He talked about it a couple of days ago. He wasn't fully healthy. He wasn't able to, you know, doing the right things. Now. He's back. He's 100%. Yeah, he's mentally there, and uh, he's Dax. He's Dax's second second weapon right now. I mean, I know we got Brandon Cooks in town, so it's like it's really a true like we're gonna see a lot of three receiver sets. I think of this team. They they got rid of Dalton Schultz. You know, there's no Zeke to just like steal boring three yard runs. You know, it's gonna be a little. I mean, I'm a little, I guess, nervous about Kellen Moore being gone. So that's um, interesting. The other- interesting thing here is dalton schultz is gone so like it's it's gallup is like the still the clear third target here and if anything happens to cooks or cd lamb like it could be fun uh but best ball for sure i mean i'm michael gallup i don't know if i need him in redraft um but maybe uh harris here what do we tell harris with the adam thielen pick I mean, Harris and I have talked about Adam Thielen a lot. He, he likes taking him because he's he's cheap at the end. And the way that I've been okay with Adam Thielen is like, if you're, if you, he's a guy that could have a nice September, but I want to think about December when I'm, when I'm, when I'm about to click Adam Thielen, I don't think he's going to be there in September, uh, but he could be a guy that is a security blanket for Bryce Young. Is there any way? We can sell Harris on passing on Thielen, but it's also like, who would you take instead of Thielen at this range? Uh, this is a young offense that's going to grow together, and uh, Thielen is there as a veteran presence to help bring these receivers up. And once they are ready, they're going to fly, and he's going to watch them. He's going to wave, and he's going to just collect his check into the sun. I mean, I think Mingo and Chark are better picks. Um, Mingo offers some unknown upside, but it sounds like DJ Chark is kind of the guy right now in the first two days of camp where he was, he's been making the sp- the splash plays. And the other thing too, is like the teams kind of tell us like, what's up, like at interviews today, DJ Chark was the first receiver that they've talked to. Like he was, he might be their leading receiver this year. I think he's been often injured and things like that, but we've, we've seen some really good things out of DJ Chark. This might be kind of like a, you know, he finds a new home and things just feel really good here. Um, I just, to me, I can't click Thielen, man. Um, Thielen's a tough click, but again, the other thing too is um, Harris and I talk uh, every now and then and in a redraft league, sure. I could see him as like the last pick of your draft, right? 
just a guy, see what happens kind of thing. Because what, what if Thielen is healthy all year, you know? Sure, I, I, I can kind of see it. I just – I don't see any league-winning upside from Thielen, right? No, definitely not. But, like, who who else offers league-winning upside at this point? I mean, yeah, at this point, there's not a whole lot. Uh, we didn't talk, talk about Rashi Rice. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, wasn't the receiver we probably thought Kansas City would take? Not at all. But um, he 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 profiles as like a solid receiver, maybe a little bit more over the middle. He's kind of like it's almost like he's like that Kelsey role, but like yeah. Kelsey's there. So you know, where does he fit into that offense? I'm very curious because I don't I don't know how they're going to use him, um, and I don't know. I mean, we're gonna we're just gonna have to wait and see. I'm very curious to watch Rasheed Rice in the preseason because he could be a guy that'll rise up my board fast if we see him getting utilized. So he more than I expect. he needs like an MVS injury to get on the field, I think. Otherwise, what's it, to me what, the way I think the pecking order for the Chiefs is MVS is gonna be on the field as the most receiver snaps because uh, they're paying him to be, uh, and then. There's going to be somewhat of a rotation at slot, whether it's Sky Moore some plays, Richie James some plays. Uh, but then you have that third wide receiver spot, which I think is going to be a rotation of Rice, Richie James, Justin Ross, maybe Justin Watson. I would like to see Rice. Um, it sounds like he's having some good camp days too. Like that's what you want to hear. Um, Second rounder. They, that's yeah. We're all well. They want to use him right away. I mean, I feel like it's a round two guy. You know. He's kind of a jump ball guy. He's your, he's your more like traditional X, right? He's he is. They don't really have another receiver like him. That so he fits a body style that they didn't have. And again, I, I think we're all kind of feeling like Charlie Brown in the football because of Sky Moore last year. Like we're all kind of gun shy on this mm-hmm. position. And then like you factor in Kadarius Tony. Like there's just a lot of weird things going on here, but. Rasheed Rice is nice. Uh, I'm coming around to him, and he's been he's been moving up like he's only moved up 0.5 in the last week. But right now in fantasy drafts, man, like you have to you have to get him in the 120s. Like he's going to be on my riser list next week. Um, any interest in Van Jefferson, wide receiver two for the Rams? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the hype. You see, like that post hype guy, maybe. He had so he's he's another guy that had a serious knee injury, um, and he kind of played last year, got back a little bit. He did okay at the end of the year, but he's coming in healthy. He also was having a mini breakout year before Odell Beckham got there. He had like 900 yards in that offense that they won the Super Bowl in. He's a, he's a I think he's an underrated player, a best ball guy though, not for redraft. I think the answer to Harris's question of Thielen or who else to me, I think it's Hodgins um, who it's a, it's a bit of an unknown leap of faith thing, but I think Hodgins is the wide receiver one for the John. I know it's Darren Waller technically is the right answer, but I, I do think Hodgins has established himself there as probably like a 60 to 70 catch guy. Um, and he's going to have games where he's the leading. He's going to beat Darren Waller. He's going to have some good games. So the dude had an amazing game in the playoffs. I don't know if you saw his numbers in that game, had like nine, nine or eight catches for like over 100 yards and a touchdown. Played really well at the end of the last year. Um, but we got five minutes left, Jesse. Uh, any? I'm just going to put some names here on the screen from Alec Pierce on down. Any of these names you want to just say, hey, don't mind clicking on these guys? Wide receiver rookie of the year, Jaden Reed. Ooh. How's that sound to you? That's insane. That, rookie of the year. 
trying to think. Who who's the obvious choice for rookie of the year? Is I mean, Jaden? Yeah, I mean, why not Jaden? I mean, Jaden Reed seems to be a guy that the Packers are going to. I mean, he's just on the field from day one. He's probably in that slot, and he's probably just getting, you know, let's call it five to six targets to start and see what happens. Um, AJ Dillon said good things about him today. He's like, it, it, he's. I think the quote was something like, I don't want to call him Randall Cobb because he, he just got here, but he's doing Cobb-like things. Um, and that could be that could be a huge – because, like, Watson struggles to get open sometimes. Romeo Dobbs not an elite athlete. Jaden Reed's a round two prospect that gets open. Um, so he, he is – He's better a, than Dobbs. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable saying he's a better – he's a better – wide receiver than, than Dobbs right now. Correct. Well, and they're going to be asked to do different things. I think Jaden Reed in the slot, though, he's a sneaky bet to be their number two receiver this year in terms of production. So I, I like it. Jesse's all in on the Jordan Love train this year. So uh, we're excited about the Packers pass catchers. I just want to shout out Tim Patrick, man. He ain't dead yet. He ain't dead. He has still got it. Is he going to outproduce Corlin Sutton? He might. He might. He, he, he has in the past. Um, but again, that's another player coming off, you know, his first year back from a serious knee injury. Uh, and then the guy I think you got to make sure you get on all of your best ball drafts right now is probably Richie James. Richie James is good. Um, the Giants shouldn't have let him walk because dude had like 55 catches last year in that offense. And he's good. A- ask Sky Moore. Like, there's a quote where Sky Moore's like, Richie James is like my favorite player. Like Richie, he's teaching these kids. Um, so I, I think that's a great pick. Uh, any final thoughts here on the wide receivers or anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I saw you see John Metchie there. That'll be a fun comeback story. So yeah. I'll be rooting for him. And I mean, he put up some crazy numbers at Alabama with Jameson Williams in town. So uh, don't sleep on him yet. That could be a really fun one-two punch in Houston with CJ Stroud. So one last name to mention there. And it's a fun, it's a fun guy to root for. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else down here? It's pretty gross down here. Um, it's nasty. It's, it's it nasty. But yeah, otherwise, I'm trying to think, did I have anything else on this list? Um, no, I think we got through everything here. Uh, so I think last week we talked about, like, how did we end it last week? We said, like, who's the one player that like you want to, like, stamp Yeah, on? come away. Like, yeah. Is there anyone else we want to stamp tonight or – Maybe we stamp the opposite way. We stamp within a void. Let me just. Who do we not want to have on earth? Who is a guy that you will absolutely not be taking? Well, we we haven't we focused heavily on running backs and wide receivers. I think the tight ends are an interesting one because, like, the tight end is gonna. I think your decision at tight end is gonna be what either wins or loses your league this year. Um, Kyle Pitts makes me nervous, man. Um, I, I think Darren Waller could Waller, uh, easily be a top three tight end this year. I have him as my number four in projections right now. I think George Kittle's a bad pick at ADP. I'm okay with Kyle Pitts when he falls, but I think the move right now is is to get Darren Waller because Waller should be drafted ahead of George Kittle, and he's, and he's just not. Um, ADP of about 80 right now. I've been aggressively clicking him in the seventh round right now, moving him up boards. I almost took him in the sixth round today in the top 72. Um, so if, if you go to Giants Twitter right now, they are smitten. Like, they everything is like, I love them. you can't guard Darren Waller. We had to take him out 
of practice just so Daniel Jones can throw to somebody else. Like that was the vibe today. So Waller is the baller. He is back. I, I think we're going to fellowship stamp him. And then I guess let's, let's fellowship stamp one QB. Well, you know, mine. Jordan Love? Well, so, like, there's context to that, though, because I think if you play super flex, super flex, that's where he looks really good. Uh, best balls, he looks really good as your QB2 as well. But for redraft, what's your what's your approach here? Who are you going to stamp as, like, yeah, I want him as my, my QB1 in a 12-team league? So, if I'm in a 1QB league, I, I – I personally, I like to play the kid the carousel. Um, unless a guy falls, I like to play carousel. Uh, that's my always been my stance and redraft particularly. But in a super flex, it's kind of the opposite. You got to go and get your guys. You're starting two, and the wire dries up quick. So um, in, in a one QB, I I probably don't change my answer. But the, I know you got a guy that you really like. Well, I want to I want to say Herbert, but to piggyback off your idea, and and it's a great idea because like, hey, in a twelve team league, man, you wait till everybody else has their QB, and guess what? Guess who QB twelve is? Freaking Kirk Cousins, who I identified on my DraftKings video. He's projected top five in passing yards and top five in passing touchdowns. We're nervous about Madison in the running game. We're not. We're nervous about Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison. Like we love all that. You can just collect Kirk Cousins for free. And if, you, if you're like, eh, it's Kirk Cousins, just take Daniel Jones too. You can take two of these guys. Take Anthony Richardson as your two. Take Geno, mm-hmm. take Goff as your two. Like, it's such a good, in a 12-team, one Kirk league. Absolutely. Just, Kirk with an upside guy like Richardson makes a yeah. ton of sense. A it's, ton of sense. I, even, or grab Kyler Murray. Grab Kirk and then grab yeah. – Ky- Kyler Murray might not even get drafted in a one QB league. Well, I, I actually – I really like um, – I like the Richardson thought, uh, but like my favorite pairing would be Kirk and Goff. Like, cause those two dudes are just going to, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, and I feel pretty good about that. Geno Smith, like they still like to run the ball a good amount. And then there's also like, we haven't really seen it with, with Geno consistently. Daniel Jones though, like Kirk and Daniel Jones could be fun, but I just feel like I'm going to like, I'm going to hurt myself trying to decide Kirk or Daniel Jones every week. So that's why I'm like, you know, it might be a little bit easier if you wait for some of these guys down here. So, um, but yeah, man, anything else we want to get off our chest or are we getting out of here? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is our time of the year, man. It's, it's almost August. August is draft season. And I think we're all rounding into top form here. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. We got, I think this is the last weekend without football games because. Hall of Fame games next week. Two Sundays, yep. I think the first weekend in August, I think it's the Hall of Fame game. So enjoy your final weekend of football-free weekends. And, uh, yeah, man, we're going to be back. We're going to try and get Jesse on the show a couple more times before. We're, we're, August is not just a busy time for football, but it's a busy time for life. So it's going to be hard to, uh, to sync up. But we'll do our best. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. You guys can follow Jesse on Twitter at the fellow JGM. Check out all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys in a future video. Peace. Peace.